0: Part 1. Chapter 3 of Rubble on Rose Leaves and Things of That Kind. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marcela Collado. Rubble on Rose Leaves by Frank W. borum The Front Door Bell. Chapter 3. The Front Door Bell. A fearful and wonderful contrivance is a front door bell. The wire attached to my front door bell is the line of communication between me and the universe. The universe knows it, and so do I. The front door bell is the one thing about a private dwelling that is public property. If a stranger walked in at the front gate and began to push or pull at anything else, I should instantly send for the police but if with all the confidence of proprietorship he walks straight to the front-door bell and begins to push or pull at it i regard the position as perfectly normal no man living may enter my gate in order to inspect the roses to admire the view or to stroke the cat but any one has a perfect right to walk boldly up the path and ring the front-door bell a man may do what he will with his own and the bell is his it is more his than mine it is perfectly true that i ordered the bell to be put there and that i paid for it but it is also true that i am the only person on the planet to whom it is of no use at all a visitor from mars seeing the bell-hangers working to my order might be pardoned for supposing that i was gratifying in this way my insatiable passion for music not at all in giving the order for the bell i was actuated by no selfish motive the bell at my front door is not my bell It is everybody's bell. Everybody's, that is to say, but mine. That is why such a thrill runs through the house when the bell rings. It is one of the sensations of the commonplace. A ring at the front door bell is a bolt from the blue, a call from the vast, a message from out of the infinite. It presents to the imagination such a boundless range of possibilities. There are 1,500 million people on the planet, and this may be any one of them it may be a hawker with the inevitable cake of soap a cake of soap that he poor man appears to need so much more than i do it may be the telegraph boy with some startlingly pleasant or poignantly painful message it may be the very man i want to see or the very man i don't or then again it may be only sam everybody knows the accents of ineffable disdain in which it is announced that the ringer of the bell is simply a member of the family circle It may be anybody. That is the point. When the front door bell rings, you are prepared for anything. You feel, as you await the announcement, that you have suddenly dipped your hand into the lucky bag of the universe, and you are in a flutter of curiosity as to what you are about to draw. Tinker. Tailor. Soldier. Sailor. Rich man. Poor man. Beggar man. Thief. Why is the girl so long in returning from the door? Smiles. Frowns laughter tears they may any of them come with the ringing of the front-door bell when the bell rings you are eating your dinner or reading the paper or romping with the children or chatting easily beside the fire the atmosphere is perfectly tranquil all the wheels are running smoothly life is without a thrill the bell rings all eyes are lifted each member of the household glances inquiringly at all the others is anybody expecting anybody We vaguely feel when the bell rings that life is about to enter upon a fresh face. Whether the change will be for will or for woe, for better or for worse, we cannot tell. We only know that things are not likely to be quite the same again. Somebody will come in, or somebody will be called out, or something fresh will have to be done. The cards of life are all shuffled and dealt afresh at the ringing of the front door bell but it was not of my own bell that i set out to write my own bell is not my own bell why then should i write of it i prefer to write of the bells that do belong to me the next door bell is my bell and the bell of the house beyond that and so on to the end of space for if it is humiliating to reflect that the bell at my own door is not mine it is extremely gratifying to be reminded that beyond my door there are millions and millions of bells that i can proudly call my own i am not generally considered musical but i spend a good deal of my time in bell-ringing and i propose to describe one or two instruments on which at some time or other i have performed first to begin with there is the bell that is not working to all outward appearance the mechanism may be complete You press the neat little button, and then airily turn your back upon it, happy in the conviction that you have sent a delicious flutter through every soul on the premises. In point of fact, you have done nothing of the kind. Things within are going on just as they were when you opened the gate. Nobody has the slightest suspicion that you are cooling your heels on the doormat. The electric battery is exhausted. Beyond a scarcely perceptible click when your fingers pressed the button, you made no noise at all. That is the worst of life's most tragic collapses. There is nothing to indicate the breakdown. The failure does not advertise itself. Samson said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. And he was not that the Lord was departed from him. The button and the bell were there. How was he to know that the current had vanished? The preacher enters his pulpit as of old who could have suspected that the invisible force without which everything is so pitifully ineffective had forsaken him the worker is still in his place who would have dreamt that having lost his old power his influence now counts for so little lots of people fancy that a button and a bell complete the requisites of life because the external appliances are in good order they take it for granted that everything is working satisfactorily it is a woeful blunder The button may be there and the bell may be there yet the entire outfit may be destitute of all practical utility i called at a house last week outside there was a button and inside there was a bell i pressed the button several times and only discovered afterwards that the mechanism to which it was attached gave the lady of the house no intimation of my presence at her door the bell was not working a bell that is out of action represents a broken line of communication between the individual and the universe some time ago my bell broke down i heard every day of people who had called and gone away fancying that nobody was at home i wondered every night what i had missed during the day through being out of touch with the world the broken bell had turned me into a hermit an exile a recluse people might want me never so badly they could not get at me i might want them never so badly they left the door without my seeing them the saddest case of this kind that ever came under my notice occurred at hobart a gentleman called one day and made it clear that his business was marked by gravity and urgency my name he said is macarthur my mother is lying very ill at the homeopathic hospital it would be a great comfort to us all and to her if you could run up and see her she has often asked us to send for you, but we have always put it off. It seemed like encouraging her in the notion that her days were few. But now we shall be very glad if you will go. I ought to tell you, though, that my mother is very deaf. You will not be able to make her hear, but you will find a slate and pencil at the bedside. If you write on it whatever you wish to say, she will be able to read it and reply to you. I went at once. When I told the matron that I had come to see Mrs. MacArthur, a strange look overspread her face and she drew me into her private room is she dead i asked or unconscious oh no the matron replied she is alive and quite conscious but during the last few hours her sight has failed her she can only see us like shadows between herself and the window i don't know how you will be able to communicate with her i never felt so helpless in my life as i stood by her bedside she seemed so near yet so very far away i stroked her forehead and she smiled but that was all i was standing on the doormat pressing the button but the bell was not working i could not establish communication with the soul within it is a way that bells have the current becomes exhausted sooner or later It is clearly intended that while we are in touch with the universe, we should learn all that the universe can teach us, so that when the line of communication collapses, we shall be independent of the universe and need its messages no more. Then, there is the bell that, when I press the button, rings without my hearing it. One day last week, I called at a house in Winchester Avenue. I pressed the button several times, listening intently i could hear no sound within i tapped but still everything was silent i was just stooping to slip my cart under the door when suddenly i heard a rush and a commotion within and in a moment mrs finch full of charming apologies stood before me she had heard the bell each time but her maid was out she was herself completing her toilet she was dreadfully ashamed to have kept me waiting we are too apt to suppose that our pressure of the button is awakening no response we fancy that our words fall upon deaf ears people appear to take no notice perhaps if we knew all we should discover that while we press and listen and hear nothing we are all unconsciously throwing some gentle spirit into a perfect fever of agitation i pressed the button at my neighbor's door but when i heard no sound i turned and stood irresolute if I had moved the bell, I must have heard it. Should I rap or go? But in a moment more, my neighbor came. The bell is far and very small, he said. You may not catch it for the walls between, but rest assured, each time you push the knob, we cannot choose by hear the bell inside. And what they told me of my neighbor's bell has cheered me when I knocked at some hard heart and caught no answer. Now and then I poured my soul out in a hot appeal and had no sign from lip or hand or eye that he i would have said had even heard and i have sighed and turned away and then my neighbour's words came back we cannot choose by hearing sight and after many days i have had an answer to a word i spoke in ears that seemed as deaf as dead men's ears i was twelve years at mossgill in new zealand i always felt that the men and women and especially the old people were attached to me But somehow, I was never as successful with the children as I should like to have been. I was very fond of them. I loved to meet them, play with them, talk with them. But I saw them grow up to be young men and women without being impressed in any way by any word of mine. That was the bitterest ingredient in my sorrow when, 15 years ago, I left that little country town. During the past three years, I have traveled Australia from end to end in a railway journey of seven thousand miles i have crossed and recrossed the entire continent and one of the most delightful experiences of this great trip was to meet my old mossgill boys and girls at every turn one girl came with her husband a hundred miles to spend five minutes with me at the railway station others travel with me for twenty or thirty miles just for the sake of the talk in the train without an exception they were all well and happy and living useful lives in every case they reminded me of things that i had said and done in the old days things that as i fancied had made no impression at all and when i returned to the quiet of my own home i reviewed all these happy reunions i felt ashamed of having suspected these young people of being irresponsive the bell often rings without our hearing it Third on the other hand it does occasionally happen that when i press the button the bell rings i myself standing on the doormat, distinctly hear it yet it is not heard by those upon whom i have called i am so sorry exclaimed mrs wilson as she left the church last evening I took my book on Thursday afternoon and strolled down to the summer house at the foot of the garden. I must have become absorbed in the story. I did not hear the bell, and when I came in, I found your card under the door. I say, cried Harry Blair, I'm awfully sorry. I must have been at home when you called, but the bell is at the front of the house, and we happened to be at the back. The children were making such a din that we never heard you. Precisely there are those whose bells we ring in vain in the days in which i made up my mind to be a minister i fell under the influence of the rev james douglas m a of brixton a most devout and scholarly man he often took me for a walk on clapham common and said things to me that i have never forgotten when you are a minister he said one day as we sat under the shelter of a giant oak When you are a minister, you will find, wherever you go, that there are a certain number of people whom you are not fitted to influence. It is largely a matter of personality and temperament. Don't break your heart over it. Satisfy your conscience that you have done your duty by them, and then leave it at that. It was wise counsel. There are a certain number of bells that, rung by us, are not heard within. Fourth, and last and saddest of all there is the bell that we did not ring we have thought of it we heard afterwards how welcome a call would have been but the contemplated visit was not paid around the corner i have a friend in the great city that has no end yet days go by and weeks rush on and before i know it a year is gone and i never see my old friend's face for life is a swift and terrible race he knows I love him just as well as in the days when I rang his bell and he rang mine. We were younger then, and now we are busy, tired men, tired with playing a foolish game, tired with trying to make a name. Tomorrow, I say, I will call on Jim just to show that I'm thinking of him. But tomorrow comes and tomorrow goes, and the distance between us grows and grows. Around the corner, yet miles away, here's a telegram sir jim died today and that's what we get and deserve in the end around the corner a vanished friend i really intended to have pressed the button at jim's door but the good intentions did not ring the bell and i am left to nurse my lifelong remorse i really intended to have answered the door when a visitor divine stood gently knocking there but the good intention did not let him in he turned sadly and warily away and i am left to my shame and my everlasting regret end of part 1 chapter 3 recording by marcela gollado